Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> just trying not to take it personal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I will tell you that over the last little while, I mean, obviously I could, I really wanted to kind of summarize the last few teachings, but there are some things that I can't shake and the Spirit of God will not let me shake. So some of it, I just, and I overstudied a little bit and I've got a lot of scriptures that I'm probably not going to, uh, hopefully, just help me, Lord. I'm scrambled right now because there's so many things that I'd like to say and so many scriptures that I'd like to share. I just don't. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you thanks and praise again for the allowing us to come together. And I thank you for these who are so faithful, those who are in this room with me, and Father, for those who are listening uh, by uh, internet. Father, whether they're, again, whether they're listening live or whether listening recorded, you've intended this to happen. So I pray that your word would come forth to them, to all of the hearers, that we all will have ears to hear and hearts to receive what you want to speak to us. Lord, in Jesus' name, only your truth can change us. So Lord, please, I pray right now that every word that's uttered, Father, has everything to do with your will, your way, and nothing to do with me. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So, I'm going to talk to you today a little bit about growing and drifting, and, and, and some of what I'm, I'm going to say will be kind of repetitive uh, to where we've been over the last few weeks, to where the Holy Spirit has had us in our messages over the last few weeks. Um, and one of them, real quick, it's going to be in Hebrews. You can look this up later, but you're, you know, it, we talked about complacency, and that scripture, that main text where we were there when we were speaking about complacency was Hebrews chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. See, remember about this drifting away part. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a tribulation? My brothers and sisters, again, I don't want to repeat that same message, but you see what it, it, we must give the more earnest heed. We must pay attention to. Well, I didn't think I gave that to you, but I'm glad I did. We must pay more attention to. Because if we don't, we have this um, prospect of drifting away. And so we need to not just go ahead and take our salvation for granted, this deliverance that we have from uh, darkness into His marvelous light, not to take that for granted and just you know live our life ho humbly, but also pay attention to nurture and really, my brothers and sisters, adhere to this new life that we've been given in Christ Jesus. Amen? So, Today, uh, a, a new scripture, or something we'll, we'll all be jumping from, and that would be Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. For the grace of God, that's right, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Now, that last, that verse 15, I want to I pause there for a moment. I, I just want to, he's speaking, he, Paul, the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul to Titus. Titus accompanied Paul on, on uh, a lot of his missionary journeys. But in this particular case, if you go back to, um, I think it's in, uh, yeah, I, I do have a note here. It's, it's in the first chapter, he talks to Titus. He says, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I command you, as I've commanded you. See, so now this is the Holy Spirit speaking through the apostle to another disciple, to another apostle or a bishop. He's to act as a bishop and visit these churches and set things in order. So now, part of his instruction, his being Titus' instruction is, speak these things. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. That is, the, that is what pastors, preachers, teachers, that, that, is, that is what we're called to do. We have to what? Speak these things. What things? Listen, 
that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and in, in this God in, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. See, see, my brothers and sisters, I, I want you to know something. If you're going to a church, or if you're looking for a church, or you know, and, and these things aren't being spoken, then you need to find another place. These things have to be spoken. What things? Well, listen, again, I, I want to say this. We cannot can simply go to a feel-good social kind of atmosphere. We need to be told these things. But look at what he says. Speak these things. Exhort. Rebuke with all authority. That's not really very much uh, liked for, for a simple way of putting it. I wanted to find a better way of saying it, but people just don't like that. Let no one despise you. My brothers and sisters, listen. He says also, he, the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul says, speak in, in chapter 2, verse 1, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. My, see, it's so important that when, we, when we're uh, in an atmosphere like this, whether it's preaching or teaching, that the things that are being spoken are spoken from the Bible, from the Scripture. Sound doctrine, not feel good, not to bend with the times. And, not, and, and I don't want to repeat all these things that you already know, but my brothers and sisters, it's so very important. I don't want to just say that Scripture or, or point to that because now let me go back just a hair. See where we started in that verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And look at what it says. Do we, oh, praise God. Teaching us. What's teaching us? The grace of God. See, this grace of God and all that that entails. See, the grace of God, and, and, you, and I've, we've defined it together. As, uh, Philippians chapter 2 defines it very well. The grace of God, you know, it, it is God in us. God working in us both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Salvation is that, that we have been reconciled back to God and now His Spirit has been placed in us. And to the degree that you enjoy this grace is to the degree that you have His Holy Spirit. Grace and the Holy Spirit are synonymous. My brothers and sisters, we can't experience the grace of God without His Holy Spirit. So we have this grace of God, the Holy Spirit, all that that entails, teaching us that denying ungodliness and, and, and how we should live and, and, and it's not just teaching us and telling us or dictating to us you must do this, you must do that as you all know very well he's also empowering us to do that walking it out with us, amen? awesome stuff so now let's go to Second Peter 3 beginning in verse 17 you therefore beloved since you know this beforehand now this is Paul's uh, teaching. So, again, this was one of them that we studied before. And what he's saying is when he says, since you know this beforehand, he had just been, I'm giving you context now, he had just spoken to them, Peter, just spoken to these Christians that you know many people are taking the things that Paul is teaching in his epistles and even all of the scriptures and they're twisting them. So now he's saying, since you know that that's happening, since you know that people are twisting the Scriptures and the teachings of Paul, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away, drifting, being led away with, with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Growing, my brothers and sisters, is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. So if I had to go ahead and title this message today, it would be called Growing or Drifting. Because you're doing one or the other. You're either growing or you're drifting away. And to my young brothers and sisters that are either in this room or wait, this doesn't only apply to you because you're maybe you're a younger Christian, verse, you know, either chronologically speaking, you're younger in age, or you know, in your walk with God, in the season of your growing, you're younger. It doesn't matter where you are with God. If you're not growing, you're drifting away. And we're commanded to grow. Amen? So now, let's go back a minute where we were um, last week. And that is in Matthew 25 where we had that parable of the ten virgins. I'm just going to read it to you, remind you of it, and then we'll uh, go further in. 
remember, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and to buy for yourselves. <laughs> I, I was with this, and it's just... Okay, so now, one of the things, when you study that passage of Scripture, when that Scripture says that these... Um, the wise version said, no, they said, go buy for yourselves, right? So some people will say to you, well, that, see, that proves that it can't be Holy Spirit uh, or anything to do with God because that can't be bought or sold. This is a parable, okay? And so now, for anyone who uh, believes that, I would just want to remind you what the Lord said in Revelation to the church of the Laodiceans. Remember, he told them that, you know, because you're rich and you're well off, you can't even see that you're blind, naked, that you, that you, that you stink on ice. Let me just put it in Tony language. You, because, you're think, because you're well off, you can't see that you stink on ice. So here's what he says in verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me. Wait a minute. This is Jesus talking. No, I know he was serious about it because it's in red. He was very serious when he said it. He said, I counsel you. I'm telling you. I'm giving you wise counsel. Buy from me. Well, why if this can't be bought or sold, anything spiritual, it can't be bought or sold, then why is Jesus... It's just terminology. He's just saying something, my brothers and sisters. He's using it in terms that we may be able to understand. And so now he's saying, now you come to me, you buy from me, you can only attain this from me. Gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. See, now remember who he's talking to in that time. I'm not going to preach it all over again, but when we talked about the message to the churches and we got to the church of Laodiceans, remember there was a very rich territory, there was probably banking and all kind of commerce that went on, and they were noted for their black wool, right? And all of those things. They probably had doctors there or lawyers. They had all kind of commerce and business going on, and those people were well off. So he's saying to you, he's saying to them, buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. So you think you're rich, but I've got, you're not rich. I've got the thing that will make you rich. And white garments that you may be clothed, that your shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eyesight that you may see. So now, when we studied that together, I told you those things each meant something, and we didn't have time at that point to go into it. I'm going to go into it just a little bit right now. So buy for me gold refined in the fire. I want to remind you what it says in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here, well, here's what Jesus is saying. You know, buy from me this gold. What is this gold refined by fire? Faith. Faith. You come to me that you may have the faith. And then when you get to me, see, see we're all dealt the measure of faith. This is very, it's, it's, it's scriptural. We all are dealt the measure of faith. And the, the faith that we have, we can't say how great, and you've heard Pastor Tony say this before, it's not about my faith. It's about the faith that I get from him. My faith won't take me very far. I could be the headstrongest, the most headstrong person in the world. I know a lot of people who could do, uh, who believe and, and are steadfast, or some people say stubborn. <laughs> so this bulldog stubborn faith that they they believe what they believe, and you're not going to change their mind, and so on and so forth. No, no, no. This faith is in truth. This faith is the faith of the Son of God. Galatians two twenty. Listen, right, right. I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's His faith. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Faith. Right? Love, joy, peace. Right? And one of those fruits is faith. And also one of the gifts. Faith. So the faith that God is talking about, the faith that pleases God, is the faith that comes from Him and that we grow. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is what the, this is the message. Come for me. 
Don't, don't worry about riches and, and what you can accomplish or what you, what you can accumulate here on earth. Come to me for true riches. And, and I'm going to tell you, it's, it's this, this faith that's more valuable than gold. Amen? Now, then he talks about the white garments. I, I know many of us know all this. I just want to give you a couple of scriptures so that you could be sure that you are firmly entrenched, you're grounded. So remember what it said in Revelation 3, 4, and 5. This was to the church of Sardis. You have a few names in Sardis who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. See, listen. <clears throat> When he's talking about the filthy garments or the, the garments that are defiled, how are they defiled? Sin. A sinful lifestyle. And so he says, for me, I will give you the white garments. I also want to remember in um, Zechariah, we studied this together, but many of you know this on your own. Remember that the prophet was given the vision. And the vision was the enemy of our soul was accuser. He's the accuser. And he's accusing uh, uh, the children of Israel and, and, uh, and the, and the uh, priest, the high priest, Jeremiah. Remember? And he's, he, Jeremiah appears and he's, he's got all the filthy garments. And the accuser is accusing him. And the Lord, the Lord rebuked. Remember the angel of the Lord. That's Jesus before he took a body. The angel of the Lord appears and he says, Give him a white fine linen. Give him fine linen to wear. See, and, and put a, a fresh, a nice hat or a nice turban on his head. See, the, the, the white robe is the righteousness that we have from Jesus. It can only be given to us by Jesus. It's given to us by Jesus. Amen? And so it's the righteousness. Let me, let me further take you there in Revelation 19, beginning in verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of the great multitude, as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the linen is the righteous acts of the saints. My brothers and sisters, we need to go to Him. It's His righteousness that can only be achieved by Him, in Him, for Him. Amen? Amen. So now, are you with me? Are you, are you with me? So, so we need to go and, 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 and as Church of Laodicea is going by this. Go and buy this. So what am I saying? I'm saying to you, listen, this is just a figure of speech. Jesus is not asking us to go and give him money. We're, this is not like in the old uh, days of Catholicism where you can go and put some extra money in the, and buy yourself some indulgences. We're going to go ahead and we're going to pay the priest off. We're going to pay Pastor Tony off and that will give me a little bit of time to sin. No, it doesn't work that way, my brothers and sisters. Not at all. We go to Jesus and, and the righteousness and the faith and all of that Freedom, all of that life can only come through Him, by Him, and then it's for Him. Amen? All right. You said amen. So now remember where we were in, in 2 Peter, um, in chapter 3 and in, in, uh, verse 17 and 18. We're commanded not to be led away, but to grow in grace. Remember? We're commanded that. Don't be, you know, we could be led away, but the answer to that is to grow in grace. See? The... the you're either doing one or the other, remember? So now let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Did you hear that? If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So, so now notice, in the first thing that we do, the first thing that's mentioned in that scripture that we just read together is lay aside... Lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Then desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. My brothers and sisters, listen. This is not necessary. See, I, the word cleans us. Right? We're the washing, we're his bride, the washing of water by the word in Ephesians. Right? So Jesus demonstrates that to us. But there's also something that we have to do. In order for us to grow, in order for us not to drift away, in order for us, my brothers and sisters, in order for us not to be dying, we have to do something on our own. Lay aside. Lay aside all malice. What is that? All evil intentions. All evil intent. Lay it all this, uh, uh, aside. All deceit. Man, ha- my brothers, 
man, from the time that I was knee-high to a grasshopper, my mother and father always told me, honest, honest. Many of us, oh, we heard that uh, Honest Abe, and we heard, you know, George Washington when I was a kid, when, you know, we still venerated some of our founding fathers, which I think is a shame that we don't. But when we, you know, hey, George Washington was so uh, honest, he cut down a cherry tree, he, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know the stories. Huh? But, but see, honesty, oh, honesty is the best policy. How, how many of you heard that one? I mean, it, it's... But my brothers and sisters, it's so true. It's so true because once we start to speak deceit, even listen, I don't care what color you paint the lie, it's still a lie. When you paint it white, it's a white lie. That doesn't make it good. Or, you know, it doesn't matter what paint, it doesn't matter what color you paint the lie. A lie is a lie. Or how about this? I go ahead and I say something and the intent is to mislead or to manipulate. Same thing. Man, just be honest. Let's just be honest with each other. Let's just be upfront with each other. Let's just let it be what it is. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to be brutally honest. No, tell the truth in love, the Bible tells us. Amen? But sometimes people don't even want to hear that, and it doesn't matter how lovely you, you deliver the truth, it's just not going to be received that way. And that's okay, I understand that. So that doesn't mean that we all have to be the truth detectors or the lie detectors and, and point out everybody's lies or truth. Oh, no, that, that's, not, that's not it. But we have to be our own lie and truth detectors. I have to police myself. Come on now. Is there any deceit here with Pastor Tony? Come on. So we, and, and, I, and again, I want to I speak, it's not just young people, but I want to say to young people, this is your opportunity. This is your chance. Don't get on that road. Don't start that path. When you're younger and you think that you're going to get in trouble um, and you're having to answer to still mom and dad or whoever the authority is in your house and, you know, they're asking you a question and it's flat out, if I give them this answer, they are not going to like it. I would much rather hear it then as an adult, as a parent, as someone who's, who has charge of people. I would much rather hear the truth and get it over with than to go ahead and tell me a lie and then later on I found out you lied to me. Do you know, it's not just the fact that you've lied, but now that trust is broken. So now when you go ahead and you tell me something else, I don't know whether to believe you or not. And it's not that I don't love you, and it's not that I, I'm, I'm being harsh towards you, but once you've lied, how do I know? Come on now. See, I'm speaking to somebody. I'm speaking to somebody. Because so many relationships have been damaged. Husband and wives, so, you know, fathers, mothers, I mean, whatever, and, and children, so, siblings. So many relationships have been damaged. We don't, listen, intimacy is about that. Intimacy, my brothers and sisters and my young brothers and sisters, is not just a physical relationship. Intimacy is being able to love and trust each other. Intimacy is, is being able to have confidence that what you are in that relationship with your wife, with your husband, uh, with that soon-to-be wife, soon-to-be husband, that there's no lies, there's no deceptions, there's no deceit. You can have trust. Children, young people, you need to understand that and don't develop a habit that is just not very easily broken. I'm going to tell you. Be honest. Let there be not any deceit among any of us. Amen? All right. Hypocrisy. Man, do you know that uh, the, the Barna surveys, and there's many surveys done, one of the, the biggest things that uh, turn off the young people to Christianity is that they don't see the life that's preached and taught about lived. We're hypocrites. I don't want to be named among them. I don't want to be named among the hypocrites. I want to say what I believe and, and, and walk it, live it. As, as tight as I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm, listen, God, I'm going to miss the mark. We're going to miss the mark. But that's the exception and not the rule. I can't, listen, I can't give myself permission to miss the mark, but when I miss the mark, truly, that's what it is. I just missed the mark. I made a mistake. And so now I go to him and I say, Father, please help me. I blew it again. And he's going to be right there to help me. Amen? Amen. Okay. But now also, remember what we talked about in Titus, uh, where we read in Titus that grace teaches and empowers us, right? Okay. First, 
what it teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. And then we live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, you see this? We can't just automatically say, okay, I've got this grace and I've got this, this relationship, and then just figure on, okay, everything's done. It's done now. No, we, we just there has to be this laying aside of something in order for us to grow. There has to be this denying of the ungodliness and the lust, the worldly lust. Come on now, hey, pay attention. This is important stuff. Because now remember, we're either growing or we're drifting. In order for us to grow, we have to deny some things, right? Right? We have to deny some things and we have to lay aside some things. The problem, my brothers and sisters, in a lot of churches and a lot, a lot, with a lot of quote-unquote Christians is they want to grow and, and, but they don't want to lay anything aside or they forget that they have to deny something. And remember, and I know most of you know this, but to deny something just doesn't mean you deny it with your mouth. It means that you've, it's unacceptable. It's not acceptable in your life. You're not going to live that way. Come on now. You reject it. Right? So, so, so here, why? So I said, I'm just not growing like I used to. It must be the pastor's fault. It's that preaching. It's that teaching. Now, I know, and I praise God that I saw some of your guys' head shaking. No. Thank you, Jesus. But, my, but I've had people come to me. Well, I'm just not growing here anymore. I'm going to leave. And it, you know, okay, I'm going to leave, but because I'm, there, I'm just not growing here anymore. Okay. Uh, maybe that's so, and maybe maybe it's maybe it's a season. We give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's a season where someone has to move on. I, okay, that's fine. But my brothers and sisters, listen. The problem is with me, with you, with us. Is not so much that guy, whoever may be standing in the pulpit, or whoever we might may or may not be listening to. It's what's going on in my life. Yes, I want to grow, Pastor. I want to grow. And, and I hear what you're saying. And I study and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading the Word and, and I'm praying and I'm doing all these things. Okay, but my brothers and sisters, look at right here. It's telling us very specifically that you're going to have to deny some things. You're going to have to lay aside some things. That's stunting our growth. And it's not God, listen, and it's not God punishing us. It's not God spiting us. But we can't have it both ways. I want to grow in, in grace. I want to grow in this grace. I want to grow in this power and this knowledge of God. And I want, to, I want to be more spiritual. And I want to be able to be in the position where I could teach my kids and I could raise my kids in the, in the fear and the mission of the Lord. I, I, in my older age, I want to make sure that the people that I'm com- still coming in contact with while I'm on earth, that they see Christ in me so that I'm glorifying God in my life. I want to make sure that I'm growing properly. I want to make sure I'm not just a complainer just pointing out all of the bad things all the time and just complaining about them versus saying, hey, this is bad, but God is good. Hallelujah. I want to make sure that the joy of the Lord is still my strength. How do I do that? I've got to keep growing because if I'm drifting from Him, there's no way that I'm going to have... Listen, there's no way that those fruits are going to be multiplied. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Right? Kindness, gentleness, meekness. Right? I, I can't have that. I can't have it both ways. Am I boring you? Okay, don't go to sleep. Some of you look like you might be a little bit bored. It'll get better. <laughs> but, 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 but is that tracking? Is that tracking with you? It's not one of those things, well, you're wrong and that's why this isn't happening. No, it's, it's life. It's life. We're busy. Remember, my brothers, we're pressed on every side. Right? For all of these pressures, the sh- stresses, and all of these things, do we, do we actually have time to grow in the Lord? Well, that's where the laying aside and denying helps you. Well, what do you mean? Because some of those things that we're giving place to, as soon as we cut loose from those things, now all of a sudden we have a little more space for God. Some of those things we need to cut loose from, those things are, are, are hurting us. Not just to the extent that we're not growing, but the thing that we justify is a lack of time is actually we're not denying some of those things. We're not laying aside some of those things. Is that tracking with anybody except me? <laughs> Besides me, I should say. Amen? Amen. So now, I want to go back to the virgins, the ten virgins. 
So you have the five that are wise and you have the five that are foolish. So now the five <clears throat> that are wise, when the foolish... Ver- See, now these foolish versions, they're foolish because, my brothers and sisters, they didn't keep their oil up. They didn't, you know, they didn't grow in the grace of God. They were maybe distracted. They weren't denying. They were, they weren't, but they knew enough to know that He's coming soon. To me, this is what this speaks to. He's coming soon. They know enough to recognize the signs of the times to the extent that, wow, it's never been like that in the United States before. It's never been like this worldwide before. Something's happening. Something's happening. Okay, uh, give, give, me, give me some of your oil. But I, I, see, the five wise, no. Now, when you first read that, it sounds a little bit harsh. How would a Christian be able to tell another brother or sister, no? Give me a little oil. Know what the problem is? It's not just that they won't. It's that they can't. See, the oil that has to be bought has to be bought by Jesus. I mean, from Jesus. Are you, are you with me? See, that's why I reminded you of, about the church of Laodicea. It's, 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 it has to be bought. It has to come from Jesus. It can't come from me. It, it can't come from another Christian. Young people, it can't come... Listen, the only thing that we can do as brothers and sisters in Christ is point you in the direction. The only thing that I can do is pray for you. And the only thing that I can do is love on you like Christ loved on you. But see, when you say no, that's not love. No, that is love. Because here's, here's what I know. The more I baby and coddle you, then your attachment is to me. Come on. Come on. See, that's how the government is getting by right now. They're, they're making believe that they're going to solve everybody's problems and they'll pay people just enough to keep people dependent on them. Instead, of, And now all of a sudden, we there, there's no need to go to the church or go to this person, that person, the other person, or the main thing, to go to Jesus. My brothers and sisters... I'm telling you, it's, it's human nature, it's part of our nature, and we could see the enemy of our soul working in cultures, not just here in America, but all over. Replacing Jehovah Jireh with the government, or with this, or with that. So people have become so used to getting something from somebody who's tangible, someone who they could see, something that, that that's all they know. So now, when, how many of you, I mean, we've been in, I've been in a position where I've had to say no. Many of you in this church have been very charitable as it relates to on your own personal time, your own personal relationships with people in your communities or in your families or however it may be. And here in the church as well, you've given tithes and offerings and, and many of in, in this church, I could honestly say that for a small church, there are many generous people in this church and we've been able to, I think the Lord has been able to do some things through, through this small congregation, which is an awesome thing. But... My brothers and sisters, no matter what I give, I can't give somebody Jesus. I can lead them to Him, but I can't make them have a relationship with Him. I can't, listen, I can't, see, and so I don't want to be the substitute for Jesus, I want to point them to Jesus. Are you, are you with me? But too many times, you know, people are expecting us to be Jesus in their life. And, you know, you've heard me say many times, and I've heard other preachers and teachers say, you know, you might be the only Jesus that they see. And that's true, but I'm not Jesus. I'm going to be like Him, but I'm not Him. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to do what I can to help you. But then after a little while, you start depending on me and not Jesus. I'm, now, I'm defeating the purpose. I, I don't. I got. I would love to say some things. Lord, help me sift this. You know, through the course of the history of our uh, ministry, you know, there have been many um, things that we've done as it relates to charitable events and giving folks in the uh, in the community um, material things food, clothes, and money, and and the whole nine yards. And we will continue to do it. Um, I'm 
sometimes troubled uh, because, you know, I'm expecting them to recognize that it's coming from Jesus and not just from us. And it doesn't, and, and be honest with you, more times than not, it's not that way. Um, this past um, week, you know, we, uh, we had a little um, uh, Christmas situation where we gave out um, some some clothes and some gifts to to some children that maybe wouldn't have had uh, Christmas had it not been for you guys and uh, we gave food and such. I, I want to say that, you know, I, I've delivered some stuff and, and, and I praise God uh, some of other members in this congregation were able to deliver some things and it's been, it was awesome. But there was a, a, a situation where... Um, uh, I was supposed to go to a, a certain place at a certain time, and, and I was there. And uh, the person that I was delivering to was not there. And so I waited for a few minutes, but then there was a number attached to the information that I had along with the address and such, and with the information regarding the children. So I called the number. Now keep in mind... Um, this number was also called by another minister among us, and when that person answered the phone the first time, just got, just yelled at the, the first minister. Didn't know who it was. Once that person found out who it was, tone changed. Okay, maybe just having a bad day or whatever. So I go, and I call. Oh, oh, uh, I, I've had to go do something with a friend, and, and I'll be right there. Can, you know, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Well... 15, 20 minutes later, they come up, and it's okay. Listen, I'm not, I want you to hear my heart. It's okay. So I delivered the material, the, 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 the toys and the food and the clothes, and then I'm immediately introduced to the special needs children that we were supplying to. And it's almost as if they were a prop. And then I meet this friend who appears to be so stoned out of their gourd. I mean, it just blew me away. Blew me away. Okay, so now what am I saying? And now I say, hey, listen. Well, thank you. Okay, great. But now look, we're right up the street. Come and visit with us. You're welcome to come and visit with us anytime. But if you need something, it doesn't have to be where you're just coming to church, but if you, if you need something, come and, come and see us. We're right up. I'm lit, we're literally... Right up. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't leave much from here. I'm. I'm a little bit. But we're right up the street. See that 15 or 20 minute drive that you just took? It would take you all of about two minutes to get to where we are. So if you ever need something, come up the street. You don't have to come to church. We'll help you. See, my brothers and sisters, I am not Jesus. I'm trying to live like Jesus lived. Trying to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I'm not him. So I can't make her or them or whoever go to Jesus. I can point the direction, but I can't give them what they need from Jesus. I can't. Now, I know that this message doesn't sound great, and there may be somebody that disagrees with me. You have to go to him. You have to go to Him. I, I want to be the one that helps you, to lead you to Him, but it all boils down to you and Jesus. You and Jesus. It's, it's about that relationship. See, Jesus says, buy from me. From who? Not from Pastor Tony. Not from that minister, the other minister, this, this ministry, that congregation, this or that. No, buy from me, gold refined in the fire. Buy from me the white garments. And then the eye salve. What was the eye salve that he told the, the church of the Laodiceans about? You need, you're blind, so you need this eye salve. What? You need Holy Ghost to, so that you could see the truth. He's not saying, well, you're, you're blind, you've got a lot of blind among you, let's put some eye salve on you so that maybe we'll give a physical healing of blindness. No. Spiritually, you're blind. You don't see the truth. You can't perceive the truth. So you need to come to me. Why? So that I could anoint your eyes with eye salve. That I could anoint your eyes. That the Holy Ghost, my Holy Spirit can touch you and you can see reality. You can see what's really true. So instead of, instead of looking for the here and now, instead of looking for the handout, instead of looking for the substance, you will look for the giver of all things. Oh, man. 
That doesn't work. That doesn't work. So we, my brother, I, I want to speak to those of us who have been doing this for a long time. And maybe some of us who maybe have not been doing it for a long time, but we see this repeatedly. We feel like, well, I'm, I'm being used. My efforts aren't... No, no. You just keep fighting the fight. You keep doing what Jesus has called you to do. You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. Because, you know what? Out of all of the... I would venture to say, what? Hundreds of people over the years that have come in and out of this place? There's, there's always going to be that one or that two or that three. Somewhere along the line, Jesus, they're going to have to come face to face with Jesus. And they're, and they're going to be in a position because of your... Listen, because of your faithfulness, they're going to be in a position where they can recognize that visitation. They're going to be in a position because you were steadfast in what you believe, because you were steadfast, even though you said, man, it's not worth it. I don't see it. What's going on? These folks, they, man, all they want is, is this and that money and bread, and bread and that, but I don't see it. They're, they're looking for me as long as I can give them something, and, and then what they really need is Jesus, and they, won't, they refuse to recognize that. Just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. See, I can. It's God can only change the heart. I can't. I can't. And so maybe it's that fourth time or fifth time. Maybe it's whatever time it is. Whatever time. Maybe it's that's the time when they have an encounter with Jesus. Maybe that's the time. Maybe that's the person. See, we were, we're ready to give up because of all of these other people. But then all of a sudden, there was that, that 99th person that was, that was coming up to you. Or it was the 110th person that was coming up to you. And you're already weary and perplexed. And, and you don't know what, man. I, but it was that one that was just on. And they needed you to be Jesus that day. To be Jesus in that moment. To make the connection. See, my brothers and sisters, those of us who are in that position, those of us who are serious about our walks with God and and serving Him first and not ourselves, I'm going to say some stuff here that's not going to be light. It gets old. I'm I'm, going to just talk for me. Maybe you, maybe you. I'm just going to talk for Pastor Tony. And I'm not complaining, so hear my heart. It gets old. I'm going to tell you, though, when it gets real old. When it gets real old is when, listen, when I stop getting filled with oil vertically. That's when it starts getting real old. Because now all of a sudden, see, I need to lay aside. I need to deny. Come on. See, I can't let my flesh well up in me either. See, I might be one of the five wise virgins, but you know what? I can't let, I can't give my oil out. So I've come to the realization I can't give my oil out, but what I can do is stay connected to the supplier of the oil. And so that when those unwise come to me, and when those who aren't even in the household come to me, I know what to say, when to say it, how to say it. And when the 19th, 20th, and 21st in the same day come to me, I'm strengthened by the power of His might. It's His grace and not my own. Hallelujah! Otherwise... Tony would be a wet noodle. Walker, oh, woe is me, woe is me. And, and I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it feels that way. i got to stay connected. You have to stay connected. Don't give up. Don't give up. See, even when it looks like no one is recognizing, there's one in heaven that's still recognizing. There's one in heaven that's still recognizing. He endured. See, it wasn't just about him saying, okay, arrest me, go ahead and crucify me, let's get it over with. It wasn't that way. When he walked on this earth, he had people turn away from him. People that he fed. What about when you know, he preached a tough message and they all turned away and he turns to his closest disciples and says, are you going to leave me too? What about that? What about his own family thought he was a lunatic? What about that? 
What about the people who are supposed to be the religious people were the ones that wanted him dead? They always try to they always try to bring something up to try and catch him. Always, he always had to be watchful of them, the ones who were the religious people. And then he has the closest ones to him. Save John. When he gets arrested, they scatter. And the one that told him he would die with him denies him three times. Do you think that that didn't hurt him? He knew it was going to happen, but do you think that that didn't hurt him? Do you think Jesus didn't get emotional? Yeah, but he didn't let the emotions rule him. He had a job to do, and he did it. And so, my brothers and sisters, when he's arrested, he knows. And it's not just, okay, I'm going to be put on a cross in the morning, it's all over. No. They beat him mercilessly. They talk to him. They, you know, he's, he gets interrogated by these kangaroo courts, by these fake kings, by these fake rulers. You have the king of kings and the lord of lords being interrogated by people who are fake kings and fake rulers, but he has to withstand it. Then he gets, they finally, they get to the point where they nail him on the cross after he carries his cross, after bleeding out so much, he's so weakened, he can barely get there. But he endured. He endured. And then he, I could see it, they didn't have to hold his, they didn't have to hold his hands down. He placed his hand there and let them drive the spike through him. And didn't open up his mouth. And then he's raised. For hours, he's up on that cross. And then, when that sin hung on him, the separation occurred. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was the biggest and the most crucial point of suffering that Jesus experienced. But he endured it. He did it. He did it. Now, (laughs) let Tony gain some perspective. I'm going to speak to Tony. Let Tony gain some perspective. He endured all that for me. For me. So, am I going to be all upset? Am I going to give up on any person or people who are just using us for the handouts? I'll be honest, am I going to like it? No. No. But am I going to quit? No. He's not a quitter. So either am I. He didn't quit on me. He didn't quit on you. So I'm not going to quit either. Amen? So, so what are we this year? Let's, let's look at, it may say the Lord doesn't come back between now and midnight. 2021. I want to grow. I don't want to drift. I want to grow. I want to grow. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. Amen. I want to grow in the grace. Amen. So, that means I'm going to have to lay aside some things and I'm going to have to deny some things. And here's the most wonderful part. Yes, I have to make that conscious effort and decision. But, when I do that and I make that conscious effort and decision... His Holy Spirit is right there to lead and guide and direct me. Amen? Stand with me, please. You know, just before we pray, and I know it's not going to be proper social distancing if we give an altar call. But here's the thing. 
You don't need to walk forward where you are. If the Lord is dealing with you, please do not let this moment go past you. Call on the name of Jesus. Ask Him to work His miracle inside of you all over again. If you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and see, let me, let me say it better this way. If you've only prayed a prayer, or you've never prayed a prayer, but if you've never actually made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you want to do that today, it can happen right here, right now. All you have to do is recognize that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, that no matter how good you are, it doesn't measure up to the greatness and the goodness and the holiness of Jesus. But this is the great thing about Jesus. He loves you just the way you are. And He wants to meet you where you are so that you can repent and He can clothe you in His righteousness. So if that's you today and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, let today be the day. Now is the day of salvation. Now. Call on the name of the Lord. Amen. If you're someone who is tired, man, 2020, I'm so glad to see it go, but it's just a number. It's just chronology. No. I want to see 2020 go in that I don't want Tony to be the same another day, another hour. I want Tony to be different. Whether it's 2020, 2021, 22, 23, until whenever he comes back, I want Tony to be different. And if that's you, I want to grow in you, Lord. I don't want to drift. Let's pray. Sincerely. Lord, in this moment, we give everything that we are to you. Lord, I know that this word is for me. I know it. And Lord, forgive me for my shortcomings. Forgive me for the quick answers that I've given. Forgive me, Lord, for the time that I let negativity pass my lips. Lord, I ask that you would renew and touch a fresh anointing. I need a fresh anointing. We need a fresh touch, a fresh anointing, Lord. Let us see everyone the way you see them. Everyone. No matter how much they use and abuse us, Father, no matter how much they have their hand out rather than looking for a hand up, Father, in Jesus' name, let us be steadfast in our love for everyone. And Father, let us be steadfast in our walk with you. Jesus, empower us in the days ahead that we may be the right people in the right places, Father, at the right time that we may point them and make the connection to you. Father, that's my prayer. That's my prayer. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. And Father, for those who may not be able to be with us, your will be done. Lord, I pray that if we make it into the new year, that we prosper spiritually. Father, that we prosper even as our soul prospers. But Father, we want our soul to prosper. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.